really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast, Everyday Spirituality with Karen Wyatt. Thanks again for joining me here today. I am in the process of sharing with you a series of stories about a trip to Italy that helped me grieve over my father's death and the death of a patient. And last week, I did basically the introduction where I explained how I became acquainted with the idea of a novena and made the decision that I would do a grief novena, meaning saying a prayer about grief every day for nine days during our travel to Italy. And you should go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it already. So one thing I, I, uh, recently learned about, and this really helped explain to me why Italy was the perfect place for me to do this grief novena and to travel with my grief. And it's the concept of the soul of place. And I heard an interview with author Linda Lappin, and she's written a book called The Soul of Place, where she talks about this idea uh, in Latin, it's genius loci, 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 which means the soul of place. And she wrote this, the ancient Romans, as well as Greeks and various other populations around the world in different areas, have always believed that everything that is created, person, place, thing, even a concept, has an indwelling spark of energy called the genius which gives it character and animates it. So when you talk about soul of place, we're talking about a special characterizing energy that dwells in a place. And what I found in Italy, which will come up over and over again in stories, is that there's a very tangible, perceptible energy in all of those places, every place that we visited in Italy, in nature, in man-made cathedrals and buildings, everywhere I went, this soul of place, the energy that you can find that it's a spark of life, but it is as well this powerful recognition, I guess, that life is, it's joy and love, it's sadness and loss and grief. It's this energy that is all encompassing and that creates an incredible container. And so experiencing that in Italy, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that somehow as a grieving person walking around sightseeing in Italy, it was the right place for me to be and a place where I felt held and safe in walking around with my grief as I was there. I didn't understand, again, as I said, I didn't understand how to explain it at the time. But after I heard Linda Lappin talking about the soul of place, I began to understand that that is what I was experiencing in Italy. And that spark, that soul of place, it's like this deep, deep wisdom from a place that has been in existence for a very long time, for millennia, and the place itself has witnessed and held many, many events 
of life and death and grief and loss and love and joy over and over again history has has unfolded and life has been experienced in all of its aspects in all of its beauty and darkness and pain and sadness and joy and just the depth of that soul of place is something that was powerfully healing and helpful to me as I said as I traveled through Italy and again I didn't understand that at the time while I was there I didn't have a name for it or know what it was it was that I perceived somehow that I was safe and held and cared for even in the midst of my grief so I mentioned the novenas and um, it the no my nine novenas began the next day and on that particular day we had plans to visit the vatican and my husband had a friend who is a priest someone he knew from college on who's a priest who at that time was serving for the vatican and working there so he took us on a tour which was remarkable amazing to get to go on a tour um, of the Vatican itself. And one of the first things he did was take us through the Vatican Museum, which is an incredible, vast collection of art and sculptures and history and completely overwhelming and mind-blowing. There was so much to see there, so much more than I could even begin to grasp or take in. But one of the things that stood out to me and something new that I learned on this trip, um, he showed us a painting by Caravaggio, which was of the deposition of Christ, meaning when they were taking Christ off the cross after the crucifixion. Caravaggio painted this moment when John and Nicodemus are laying uh, the body of Jesus on the anointing stone. And around him are also the Virgin Mary, Mary Magdalene, and Mary of Cleophas. And um, as they're, they're getting ready to prepare the body of Jesus after death. Well, Caravaggio painted this, this picture using the technique of chiaroscuro, which um, is an Italian word that literally means light, dark. And it's a method of painting using shadows and one single light source to highlight a particular part of the scene. So in the deposition, the body of Christ is shown in the light as if, as if a light is beaming down on the body and the other figures and the background of the painting are much darker. And what our friend, the priest, explained is that you know, the darkness is used as a tool to allow us to see the brilliance of the light. And that struck me immediately, that statement like, oh my goodness, like grief is like chiaroscuro. Grief is like this, we're in the midst of this dark, dark time. 
And yet the darkness allows us to see just how much light is actually around us and within us. It's when we're in the darkness that we become aware of the light that is shining around us. And that was such a powerful concept to me. I thought of it every single day on our trip, and I saw many other examples of chiaroscuro as we visited art museums throughout Italy. But that very idea that the darkness is a tool that allows us to see the light, that the light gets dissipated and kind of dissolves away if we don't have darkness as a background, which, in, which highlights the light and allows it to be seen in all of its clarity. So that was the first experience that day that blew me away, blew my mind as we were visiting the Vatican. This was the Vatican Museum. We next went on and saw the Sistine Chapel and the beautiful ceiling there that Michelangelo painted. And from there, we went to St. Peter's Cathedral, which is in absolutely incredible massive, vast, the most amazing structure that I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. But here's where the next powerful thing happened. And the first novena took place, which was viewing the Pietà sculpture by Michelangelo, which is housed within the Vatican behind glass now because a number of years ago someone uh, damaged the sculpture. But seeing that sculpture with my own eyes, I've seen it in pictures many times before, standing in front of it and seeing this depiction of Mother Mary holding the body of her dead son in her arms. I was brought to tears because because um, I was imagining this mother back home whose son had died, and I just felt all of the grief and the pain of all the mothers everywhere and of the divine feminine, really, which helps us carry all the grief of this world. And beholding Mary with her son in her arms, his lifeless body draped across her arms. And yet when you look at the Michelangelo's Pieta, first of all, Mary's face looks much younger than you would expect for the mother of a grown man. But her face is also serene and at peace. She didn't appear to be suffering. She conveyed acceptance as if understanding that death is a necessary loss and that we have to live with it with equanimity in our own way. And at that moment, I realized that Mary could help me with my novena. Now, I'm not Catholic, and I don't even profess to Christian beliefs at this point in my life. And yet there was such a recognition of Mary as the divine mother of all. This, this feminine figure that could help all of us contain and hold our grief. And I just experienced this, this vast sense of being loved and being held and being understood in my grief and that this is something the divine force is here to help us hold it and to help us carry that 
And so this was a powerful moment. I, I grabbed some coins and I put them into one of the prayer boxes, which helps you light a candle. Um, because in many places you can't physically actually light a candle. You have to light an electric candle. And that is where I said my first novena, which was really just asking the divine feminine, the divine Mary, the mother of all, please like bring comfort to the hearts of all the other mothers who are grieving right now. And for me, as a daughter and a doctor um, who set out to love people and to heal people by loving them, please help hold my heart that is broken right now and in pain. And that was essentially my prayer at that moment. And I was sending out from my own heart this powerful love to the family of the boy who had died back home and powerful love to my own mother and to all of our loved ones who had suffered for so many years with grief after my father's death and and love for myself as well for all the pain that was coming to the surface and all the guilt as well because that was really an even bigger issue than the grief was feeling guilt that somehow I should have done something to prevent my father's death and to prevent this boy's death that somehow I had failed. And um, this, this image of the Pieta, I felt held in those arms as well in my own suffering and my own remorse and my own struggle to figure out how am I ever going to forgive myself? How will I ever get over these two deaths? So that became this this Pieta Novena that, again, that I carried with me along with this image of Chiaroscuro, the Pieta. These were the images that informed every other Novena that I did from, from then on throughout our travels through Italy. And I wrote in my journal about this, um, this first novena, the Pietà Novena. Uh, in my mind, I heard the words, let it be. Lyrics from the Beatles song, but a profound message from Mother Mary nonetheless. Allow this pain. Let it reside in your heart. Accept this sorrow. And so that was... A crucial moment for me in this this novena process of facing up to my grief and my guilt and my pain and figuring out how how I was going to walk through this trip to Italy but the fact that I needed to be able to just carry it and embrace it and the novenas were the tool for me to do that to help me do that as I traveled on my way through Italy Later that day, as we continued our sightseeing around Rome, something else eventful happened to me, which was that I had my wallet stolen from my purse. I was carrying only a small purse big enough for my phone, and I actually, I hadn't meant to bring my wallet along with me, but for some reason I stuck it I stuck it inside this uh, separate compartment from my phone and it was just a tiny wallet but it had my driver's license and a credit card and a little bit of cash in it and I uh, I was 
walking along with this little purse with my phone and I, I saw, I was looking down over the forum, the very forum that the day before we'd been lost trying to find. I was looking down at the forum and walked over to the edge to get a picture when suddenly a big crowd of of people kind of surrounded me and I thought they were sightseeing. I, I mean, I, th- I thought maybe they came from a bus. I didn't know who they were. They were all talking very loudly. It was very chaotic. And a couple of people bumped into me. I was holding my phone. My purse was unzipped though, because I had just taken my phone from the purse. And um, this chaotic little group came up to me and then moved on. And later when I went to put my phone back in my purse, after I had taken photos, I realized my wallet was gone. And so someone in that group who bumped into me had had taken my wallet out of my purse. And I learned that this is a strategy that pickpockets use. Sometimes they travel in groups and they create this kind of chaos. And um, it, it allows an opportunity um, for them to steal or take something from you. Well, in that moment, I lost my driver's license and my credit card and my cash. And um, that was another rather stunning moment. But there was something powerful in the symbolism of it all that I lost my identity at that moment. And um, I was angry and upset. We went back to the hotel room. We had to cancel the credit card. We had to order a new one to be delivered um by like overnight express in so that we could continue to have a credit card to charge our expenses on. And I no longer had a driver's license that I could utilize as an ID, but luckily my passport was safely locked away back in our hotel room. Um, So when I got over being angry about what had happened, I realized like this, wow, this is another very powerful moment of symbolism here. I'm in this country where I've never been before and I don't speak the language and I've lost my ID. I've lost my identity in a way. And, and I'm being asked really to let go of how I have identified myself in the past. I'm I'm being asked to let go. And this is truly a way for me to begin again and start over somehow. Um, to, to let go of the past and what I've carried with me. And, and over time, I've realized part of that old identity that I needed to lose was this identity that, that I'm a bad doctor because my father died and now added to it because a patient died. This was part of who, how I saw myself at that point in time. I saw myself um, with this as I mentioned before, this huge load of guilt. Why could I not save my father? Why could I not save this boy? How is it that they died under my care, under my watch, under my love, surrounded by the love I had for these two people? How did they die? And I couldn't do anything to stop it. So it was that idea that I was responsible to change things, to change the flow of life and the the path of events. That part of my identity needed to be swept away and needed to be lost so that I could build anew an understanding of who I am and how I view the world. That was essential. So 
um, in the moment, once again, when I was there, I, I laughed at the irony of losing my ID, but I didn't fully get like why that was important or why that needed to happen. But indeed, it needed to happen. And I see it so clearly now. Another point to make about as we're dealing with our grief, so many times we cannot connect the dots. We cannot make sense of things that happen to us and the way things work out until later on when we're able to get some distance. That's the only time we have enough clarity that we can look back and and see how things unfolded and how they were connected and the synchronicities that were present and how how it all unfolded, how amazing it all is when you really look at it and miraculous the way things tie together and the the way events happen and there were even more things that happened on this trip that I'll be writing about but I can't cover all of it um, as we talk about it but I just wanted to cover this this first day and this first amazing novena and learning about chiaroscuro and the love of the divine mother and the soul of the place that was holding me and then losing my identity, having my identity literally taken away from me and how powerful it was, this opportunity that I was given to rewrite my own story and to decide how I want to view myself. How do I want to look at who I am? And how do I want to live from here on out? And those are still very powerful lessons that I'm still working on and still grappling with. And trust me, I still have not gotten fully on top of all the guilt that was there. That is still a work in progress. So I share this with you in hopes that you might resonate with parts of it. It might help make some sense. Perhaps it sheds light on some part of the darkness that you've been struggling with, or perhaps it helps you feel more connected or more held in your own grieving process. So I'll come back next week with another story for you. Thanks for listening. If you're here and listening to this at all, I uh, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And uh, let me know if um, if you have a grief story that that you would like to tell me. I'm happy to listen to your stories as well. So until we're together the next time, remember that we're here for love. So face your fear. Be ready for whatever life brings next because it will pull the rug out from under you, I guarantee you and love each and every moment that you have a chance to be here on this beautiful planet. Bye-bye.